You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hi there. It's me, Laura Wasser, the divorce attorney and the founder of It's Over Easy, the online divorce service. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces, shepherding people through what may be one of the most terrifying times in their lives. Along the way, I often have to remind people to lower their expectations. When dealing with matters of the heart, rules simply don't apply, because all's fair in love and war. So welcome to the All's Fair podcast. Fasten your seatbelts, and let's go. Hi, welcome to All's Fair. I'm Laura Wasser. And I'm Johnny Rains. And today's show is all about infidelity. So Laura, would you say that that's the number one cause of divorce? No, I wouldn't. I mean, every Hmm. case brings surprises and sometimes disappointment and sometimes delight as to how people conduct themselves. But I really do think that infidelity is more of a symptom of something else that's going on. And so again, maybe that's like the final straw but right. obviously, if somebody's looking outside of the relationship, whether it's a online infidelity, emotional infidelity like we hear about, or actual sexual infidelity, there's something else going on. And so I'm not going to pinpoint infidelity as the reason or the number one cause of divorce. What would you say, just from your experience, you know, and it probably changes every day, but at this moment, what do you think is the number one cause for divorce? Growing apart. Growing apart. So that has to do with communication. That can have to do with financial issues. People say, oh, if you're going to remodel your house or, or build a home, then you're going to get divorced. Obviously, if a tragedy happens in your family, the death of a child, a sickness, but any of these things cause a couple to grow apart. And that is when likely you will find yourself in an extra marital or extracurricular relationship. And so it's just hard to really say that's what it's because of. And I would say, and I know I'm being super general, but yes, growing apart and not dealing with issues as they arise is going to be the number one cause of divorce. Anyway, the history of how the relationship has broken down is what's one of the most fascinating things to me. And the things people do out of hurt and rage, like setting your ex's car on fire, or we know this happened with one friend of ours, cutting the arm or leg off of every item of clothing in his or her closet 
completely inappropriate social media postings. This is the stuff that, I mean, I do like to talk about. And I think if you hear about it and you experience it and you let it wash over you, maybe you don't actually need to do those things yourself. Agreed, agreed. I guess some people just reach their limit, though. But then others seem to have the ability to tolerate all kinds of bullshit. Totally. me. For example, speaking of of shocking, in the uh, Sunday Styles section of the New York Times, there is a great uh, column that is uh, about social cues. And there is a segment written by Philip Gaines that forces the question, why date someone who doesn't care about your health and safety? It's, babe, are you trying to kill me? And it's about a couple, man, go, where did he go? To Tulum? He went somewhere. To Tulum yeah, to, in to, Mexico. Yeah. And, you know, Tulum's beautiful. It's kind of more of a yoga retreat and a green kind of, but it can be a little rustic. And so she said, I'm not going because I've got autoimmune deficiencies and we're in the middle of COVID, et cetera. And then she would see him posting things and sending pictures of him out, no mask, hanging out, bars, partying, taking shots. And then he came back and he didn't test, he didn't quarantine. Um, You know, it it may be magnified now that we're in a pandemic, but maybe that's a good thing because it's pretty easy to see. And I think the, the author that wrote back to this, the person that wrote in said this, but maybe not as eloquently as I'm about to. Guy's a dick. (laughs) Well, he does point out um, the question, why would you want a boyfriend who doesn't care about keeping you or himself safe? So, uh, you know. And that extends to beyond, you know, the pandemic. Somebody that's out there having unsafe sex, somebody that's out there doing things that are inconsiderate and that can put you in harm's way, both physically and emotionally. No, not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I was saying about the tolerance level that people have. Um, You shouldn't tolerate that. How about the next one? This one (laughs) blew me away when you sent this one to me. Savage love when divorce is not an option. I don't know why it's not an option, but. She said it's not. So there's this woman, she's been married for several years and she, again, it's her writing. So it's her writing, her real life experience about the sometimes physical, but certainly emotional abuse that she suffered at the hands of her husband of many years and the fact that he had and admitted extramarital affairs and that she wasn't allowed to. She totally got catfished by this one guy that like was pretending to be her friend and said, you should totally do it. You should do it. You should have an affair. So then because she was being so pressured by him, she said, fine, I had an affair. And then the next call was from her husband. The guy totally told her husband, I mean, this woman, again, I don't mean to be an asshole, but she sounds a little bit naive or vulnerable. And I, and I thought that the, the advice giver gave her some very good advice. I, I get that leaving a marriage could really um, make both parties suffer financially, but that's no way to live. And maybe it's no. very easy for me to say, you know, in my castle here in West Hollywood, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you can figure out something. Money isn't everything. Take the right steps that you need to to get your ducks in order, but but living. I mean, certainly, if it gets to be domestic violence, you know, or or your your health and safety. But even the years of this kind of mind fucking that was going on with this woman, get out, lady. Life is short. Get out. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. That's my and advice. The, <laughs> very good advice. I mean, this uh, Mr. Dan Savage, who's the writer and I guess response. Uh, to this lady says to detach, but I think yeah. your version of detaching is probably the way to go. 
And again, just so that it's clear, I think the reason that Dan says detach as opposed to divorce is she's, she wasn't there yet. And there was two, it was just crushing the thought, overwhelming the thought of leaving the marriage, leaving the financial comfort that she had, which again, both of them worked. So both of them needed to be contributing. It wasn't like she had just married the super wealthy guy. And so detaching, I feel will enable her to kind of take the next step she needs to take in order to get out of the marriage and get to a safer space. Detach, meaning you could really read in this article how much all of these, you know, things pained her so much. I mean, she kept, it was like she kept getting hit. She kept getting back up again. Detach, meaning in the next blow, move on. You can read that article on our blog. It's from the Queen City Nerve, and that's written by Dan Savage. It is said that time heals all wounds, but I wonder if that's really true. Infidelity does affect relationships, but as illustrated by the woman in the Queen City Nerve article, many people can make their peace with it. I mean, the question is, how long can they make their peace with it? Time healing all wounds notwithstanding, as Ralph Waldo Emerson warns, beware what you set your heart upon, for surely it shall be yours. In other words, careful what you wish for. And don't necessarily work so hard to make something work if it's not working. In any event, if it's broken, fix it. For better, for worse, and until death do you part are just some of the things people promise when they get married. Today's guest is someone who exemplifies these promises. She's an actress, an award-winning singer, a wife, and the mother of two. She's an entrepreneur and the host of the award-winning podcast, Wine Down. And she's also the author of the new book, The Good Fight, which she co-wrote with her husband. She's beloved for being authentic and multi-talented. And today, she's going to help us answer the question, does time heal all wounds? Welcome to All's Fair, Jana Kramer. Hi, thanks for having Hi. me. I'm so Welcome. excited. It's a good question, though. I know it is. I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I have a lot of time to think about things these days. <laughs> Johnny definitely wants me to ask you about your birthday because it's the same birthday as Johnny, December 2nd. And Britney Spears, I've been told my entire life. Have you too, Johnny? Me too. Not Johnny's entire life because Johnny <laughs> well, was already like an adult by the time Britney Spears was born. But yes, for many true. years. Yes. Uh, yes. I know. I'm like... Okay, I get it. And I it's funny cuz I um Jamie Lynn Spears her younger sister has become a friend of mine and she's, you know, I'm like for my entire life I've almost hated Britney because every birthday <laughs> I'm like, I know, Britney Spears's birthday, but it's also mine and Johnny's. So and yes. Johnny's. <laughs> I love it. It's love kind it. of nice that you have somebody to think about now who's lower <laughs> on the celebrity Brett. totem pole than you. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, but you are. All right. Aww. So, you Dana, know. You're, you have two kids, mm -hmm. Jolie a, and Jace, four yep. and one, and they're both with your current husband, Mike. Yes, as far as I know. As yes. far as you know. And, <laughs> and you're from Michigan. Yes. And I did not know this about you. Before you became a singer, actress, entrepreneur, author, podcast host, you were an ice skater. I used to figure skate for 13 years, and it wasn't until my parents divorced that I had to quit because it was like, okay, I'm not going to the Olympics and my mom couldn't afford it anymore. You know, she was working three uh. jobs and it was like, okay, mom, stop. Like you don't, you don't need to keep sending me to skating. It's fine. And then I did it. Then I started waitressing when I was 14 to, to try to continue on. And then I'm like, you know what? I'd rather, 
I think I'm showing up now for the hockey players instead of the ice time. So I'm like, I I gotta like, I'm done. <laughs> Can I tell you, Jana, by the way, I also am a roller skater. Another really? Sagittarian so thing we have in common, by the way. I just want to throw that in. Dude, I still um, rollerblade. Like, I don't care if it went out in the 90s. I'm still like around Crockett Park here in, in Nashville and I'm, I'm rollerblading around. Like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Strong ankles. <laughs> totally. Big thighs. Okay. <laughs> And I also didn't realize that you were a country music singer. I did, yeah. I was, um, so I grew up singing with my dad. Like he was in a bunch of bands, and um, I I was working on a show uh, called One Tree Hill in Wilmington, North Carolina. I remember. Uh huh. And um, I was writing some songs, and we were so close to Nashville, so I was flying back and forth to Nashville, and. You know, I, I gave some of the songs to the creator and I was like, I don't know if these are good, but will you just listen to them? Let me know. Give me any feedback. And he ended up turning my character into a singer. And from there, I got a record deal and, you know, I toured the country for five, six years. And it was it was a lot of fun. Like, I, you know, I had two platinum selling singles and a gold And you single won and- top new female artist <laughs> at the CMAs in 2013. That's huge. 2013. How old were you in 2013? Oh, I'm 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 edging on forty here, so I'm going to be okay. thirty-seven um, in December second, of course. That's not edging on forty. Edging on forty is like you're thirty-nine. You're edging on forty. <laughs> Gosh, I remember thirty-seven. What a good year that was. Oh, I'm excited for thirty-seven. But yeah, no. So I, um, but no, I loved it. It was just, you know, I love music. It's it touring. I, I stopped that once I had my second kid. It was just too hard, and it was a lonely life, and I just. You know, I, I, I went obviously back into acting and I release singles every once in a while just for kind of fun and whoever wants to listen that's still out there. That's a, you know, Kramer music fan. But besides that, and it's it's just it was it was a lot of fun um, and I still do enjoy it, but it's not where my passion is. So and you and you and Mike live in Tennessee now, the kids. We do. Yeah, we moved to L.A. for a couple of years and then. I feel like the industry just changed the last couple of years where it's everything was on tape. And I'm like, what am I doing here? So right. I talked to my, you know, managers, Mark and Steve, and was like, can I move? Because I can't afford a house here, and I really would like to go back to Nashville if possible um, because I fell in love with it when I was doing music, and they were like, go, you're fine. Like, it's an easy flight. If something really important comes up, we can, you know, you can fly in. So we love it. Like, we can actually afford a nice house and have a backyard, and schools are great. So I, I feel really blessed that we're here. And you're one of the few actors that we've spoken with over the past six months that actually has filmed something. You just filmed a Christmas special for Lifetime, yes? Yeah, it was crazy because we I was up in Canada filming a movie for Hallmark, and it was right all when COVID was happening, and then we, we got shut down. So we filmed two scenes, and then we got shut down. And then with this movie, yeah, I was I was nervous at first, but I was, you know, I'm like, okay, if they're if they're taking all the precautions, like I I want to get back to work. Like we I need to work for the family. And so we um, you know, we started filming and you know, every two days it was, you know, nose swabs up the nose and um but it was it was a lot of anxiety. I mean, we shut down a bunch of times. You know, I unfortunately was one of the reasons we had to shut down. I got pneumonia. Um, <laughs> which I still think it was COVID and maybe just right. a negative tests because I've never right. had pneumonia. So I'm right. like, I mean, I had to go to the hospital. I'm like, I was down and out. So I'm like, how is this? Like, I've never had this. So I, right. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm pretty sure it was, but you know, who knows? So yeah, so it was just, you know, everyone's wearing masks. I don't know what half the people looked like on my set, but right. it was a lot of fun. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was, it was like a, it was like a nervous fun. Like I was right. so anxious, but I was so happy to be back on set. 
I love it. Yeah, everybody that I know that's in that world is just going so stir crazy right now. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016, you were on season 23 of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> you really are like a Renaissance woman. I mean, is there anything that you can't do? Are you sh- a shitty cook? Just be honest. I mean, can you cook? I cannot cook. Okay, good. That my makes me feel better. I can't husband, either, but I just, okay. Yeah, Mike is, does the cooking. Well, and he says like, this is kind of a, well, not a, kind of a joke, but not really. But I almost divorced him right before like the COVID stuff. And I um, I was like, you know, when COVID hit, I pr- we probably would have gotten back together because our kids would have starved. Like I'm not, a sh- I would have starved. Like we would have been eating cereal. And so every time he cooks, he's like, one of the reasons you keep me around. And I'm like, that's not a lie. Like, yeah. It's definitely one of them. Hey, they have, everybody has to add value. Okay. And then yeah. tell us a little bit about Moms and Babes Box. I love this oh, idea. It's fun. It was just, I have a really hard time buying things for myself. I mean, I still have clothes in my closet that are from like freaking, you know, 1920. And I'm just like, I never wear it, but I just have a really hard time buying things for myself. And, you know, I, I will buy everything for my kids and for my husband. So that's why I came up with the idea like, okay a box subscription for things for mom and the kids so you don't right. feel guilty. Just bootstrap. I let, yeah, I love I'm it. like, it's fine. And then it just shows up every month? and um, Quarterly. So quarterly. fall, okay. spring, summer. Winter. That's awesome. And it kind of mm-hmm. grows with your kids? Yeah. I mean, you can we – had, we had three different boxes, but girl, that's all like – that whole side of that business is like, it's a lot. I'm just like – so now we just have it where it's like, okay, if your kid's between this age and this age, it's a good box for you. Right. If not, buy it for a friend. <laughs> Get out. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right. And then in May of 18, you started the Wine, W-H-I-N-E, Down podcast with your husband, Mike. Tell us so about actually, that. it didn't start with my husband. It was started oh. just with me and this other girl, Jen. Um, and my husband honestly didn't want any part of it. And I was like, that's fine. If you ever want to be a guest, like, come on on. Like, or, you know, come on the show. And he ended up coming on and people loved it. And I loved it. And it was really good for us. So the lady that was on it was she was just the producer at the time. But she was kind of filling in until we found a spot. And, um, you know, he came on and he's like, can I do this with you? And I'm like, please, like, I love it. And it kind of became our couples therapy in a way. And it was, it's really strengthened our marriage to be able to talk about things and be so open about stuff. And, you know, sometimes it can affect certain things, but, you know, all in all, it's been really good for us. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because that kind of bridges into what this episode is about. Your most recent episode, Emotionally Affairable, you guys spoke (laughs) about somebody, not only how unproductive Mike was while you were away, because, you know, how much (laughs) cooking can he do, but also that there was a kind of a good-looking co-star that was on the set of the movie and he became a good friend. And I guess you guys discuss on the podcast how Mike felt about that. Yes? Well, he, yeah, he was, which kind of shocked me. Like, he wasn't jealous at all. And and that's, and, you know, a lot of people would be like, well, why do you care? Like, that's amazing that your husband isn't jealous. Like, you, that's great. And I'm like, yes, but for me, and I even talked about this with my therapist last week. I was like, I want to know that, like, he, I don't know. Like, I just, I want that energy that, not that he'd be, like, totally jealous and, like, mean or not let me talk to him. Not like that, but just have a little bit, like, hey, this is my girl, you know? Right. And, and a little, like, not so confident, you know, that he's like, well, I trust you. And I'm like, oh, great. But, like, you know, right. I still so not It was more about him having confidence in you, though, and, and yeah. in himself, than it was about him not caring if anything happened. Like, if anything had happened, he would have been very upset, yes? I would, I hope so. But then okay. again, sometimes my therapist brought this up. She's like, do you think he wants to even the playing field because of his affairs? And I'm like, right. Maybe you're right. And, and, you know, he's like, he says no, but I still don't believe him. Like he hates that he's, you know, always the one that is the, the, the perpetrator in our relationship. So, I mean, I bet you he would like it, but it wouldn't feel good. <laughs> right. And how would it, how does it feel for you knowing that you might have that like one or two or seven get out of jail free cards? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, that was a random that- number listeners. I don't know anything. Just seven sounded. <laughs> Seven sounds good. I mean, one more, but like, you know, (laughs) I would just say for me, you know, I don't know. I just don't think I can. It's, I have, I think I have major love addiction qualities in me. So Mm -hmm. I have to be really hard with, like, I have to be really careful with that because even when I do go on a set or when I do get around people, I get very much like, love me, tell me I'm enough, tell me, and then, and then I get sucked into that, 
wanting that person to have those feelings about me, even though I don't want them to. But yeah, I put it out there. So I have like my 20s, I was just a wreck with that. And so now I feel like once I hit 30, I've like the last six years, I've just been trying to just like practice like being confident in myself and not not wanting outside, not having outside validation to uh, affirm me. And that's like been the hardest thing for me because I constantly crave outside validation. Right. And, And then, you know, putting it out there that like, you know, I should put I should put it out there that I am very taken and that I wouldn't even entertain it. But sometimes I'm like, I want a little like love, you know? Right. And and again, it's also it's a double edged sword. But my guess is looking at you, hearing you, listing your accomplishments, you've always gotten that outside validation. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you've been barking up the wrong tree. Like whenever you put it out there, it comes back. And so it feels good. And yeah. So between the podcast and your book, which is coming out, The Good Fight, okay, you and Mike seem to do a lot of introspection, discussing, you've discussed mm-hmm. the past, you've discussed the relationships. Uh, Johnny did a little bit of research, and so we know that there, it's not always been smooth sailing. So you had your daughter, you guys mm-hmm. got married in 2015, then yes. you had Jolie in mm-hmm. 2016. And then apparently that same year, U.S. Weekly broke the news that Mike had cheated on you with multiple women. So mm-hmm. you guys separated. Mm-hmm. How do you come back from that? I mean, how does that, how, because I, I, people ask me all the time as a divorce attorney and as the host of this show and mm-hmm. the you know, CEO of It's Over Easy, all I'm dealing with is divorce. And so people say, can you, can you overcome this? Can a relationship overcome this? Does time heal? So let's get it from the proverbial horse's mouth. Can you overcome it? I mean, I think anything's possible. Um, and I think something like that we talk about in our book, The Good Fight, is it has to be two people constantly working together and on themselves as well. Like Mike would have never stayed if I didn't change how I treated him. I mean, I mother effed him for the first year. Like I was mean. I was nasty. I was just like, F you. Like you did this to us. Like how could you do this? Like look at our daughter. Like I was awful. And, you know, eventually he was like, you have to forgive me or I can't do this. Or you have mm-hmm. to like start forgiving because it's not fair for me to just be shamed 24-7. Right. And I hear that. I'm like, no, F you. Like, and But then I'm like, okay, I have to look in the mirror and say, I have to now do my work to move on. Right. And, and not saying there haven't been times when I've done it wrong. And there are times when I want to say things and I have to kind of bite my tongue. But, you know, for us, it's, why I stayed in the beginning was because of my daughter. You know, I come from a divorced family. I I looked at my daughter and she was four months, five months old. And I'm just like, it's so unfair. And I did that. This is another reason why I stayed. I was, it was like, man, how unfair because of his addiction and his issues that he now is going to tear my family apart. Everything that I've worked so hard for. Like, no. And I don't want another woman raising my child. I just, I just wasn't there. I'm like, I know every speck of that girl and I know her heart and I, I like I like she is my child and so I was like I'm gonna do everything I can to fight for this family and you know it's it's been a rocky four years and it's but I will say with your time thing you know we still have triggers that come up there's a hotel that I know he slept with his affair girl in and I have to drive past it every day you know and there are times when I call him and I was like you know what it hurts today. Like it really, really hurts. And it makes me really sad. And I'm about to start ruminating and going down the thing. And I need you just to talk to me. And I need you to tell me you're sorry. And I need you to, like, and 
And it's like he needs to like help me. He helps me stay present. Like what's he, what is he doing today? How is he, you know, amazing today? And how are we better today? And so it just, it does. I think time, time does heal because a year ago when we moved back to Nashville, I sat in that parking lot and I bawled my eyes out. I'm not right. there today. So right. it does like I have healed, you know, a year from that day that we moved back. And I think it's just one of those things where, you know, when everything was discovered and I found out about everything, I would think about it all the time. And I was consumed with how and, you know, what they looked like and this and that. And now it's every, you know, maybe once a week I think about it for a split second. And I don't right. go down the, the the rabbit hole. And I and I just my my reminder to myself is just stay present. Where what is he doing today? How is right. he today? Because the man he was when I married him is not the man that I'm married to today. And I love that you guys are there for each other. So many people just try to kind of repress whatever the feelings are. But hearing you say, Jenna, that you call him and you go, I'm driving by, it hurts today. And he kind of talks you through it. That's huge. That is a huge communication. Well, that took us a while too, though. To yeah, get there. but it's, yeah. I mean, and also the idea that you kind of have to move through it before you can put it behind you. Like saying, yeah, okay, oh, I'm not sitting in the parking lot weeping. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that is incredibly amazing that you guys are able to do that. I'm sure that that's made you stronger. If I asked him, and you probably know, because it sounds like you guys talk about it a lot, mm -hmm. why does he cheat? I mean, there's an addiction component to it, but does mm -hmm. he not feel good about himself and you're not able to make him feel good in that moment or he's not able to accept that from you so he goes elsewhere? Because just like when you put stuff out into the world and you like mm -hmm. having that kind of admiration or flirting, he just mm -hmm. takes it a step further, or is there something else? Again, if you know, because I'm assuming this yeah. has been a subject of conversation. So definitely, he is he is a sex addict. I mean, th w how he's um, what he would do to plan out his days and how he would plan it is very addict like. Um, but also because you know his childhood wounds, like he always he never felt like he was good enough, and whenever he was stressed, instead of grabbing an alcohol bottle, he would need sex. Like his sex was his way of or masturbation or porn or um or acting out was his way of release and not holding on to things and then also the component of you know feeling validated like you said or feeling enough um and you know he started watching porn really really early on as a, as a kid and so that's what you know he was like oh okay I'm not angry anymore this helped me not be angry this helped me and so it started he his brain started to say this is how then this is what you need then to to not feel. Right. And to release what's the, there's a chemicals. It's serotonin, dopamine, serotonin, dopamine something serotonin. like that. Yeah. Something is released when mm -hmm. you have an orgasm, are feeling yep. good, take certain drugs or alcohol. So mm -hmm. he was getting that. As a parent, how do you feel about porn now? And again, your kids are little, but I can't imagine things are going to be much more buttoned <laughs> up by the time they get to be the, the age of where they're on phones and iPads and computers. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have, there's a really great app that, you know, Mike uses for his program. Um, it's called Covenant Eyes. Um, and so that's something where it blocks those sites that he can't go on. Uh, and, you know, I think just trying to instill healthy habits in your kids and, you know, being open about it and talking about it. Like I know Mike had the conversation with his younger brother about it, who's 14 years younger and just saying like, hey man, like don't, don't go straight to there. Like, you know, talk to a friend, go outside for a walk, like work out, do something that, you know, can, um, not, you know, not like, don't release it in that way. And then I was like, well, I'm kind of a hypocrite for saying that. Cause every time I get stressed, I'm opening up a bottle of wine at the end of the day, <laughs> but I'm like, meh. 
It's fun. Yeah. It's well, they're all fun. addictions. Some are more socially acceptable. I mean, you can't be like, you know, jacking off in public and you certainly yeah. shouldn't be like, you know, making out with another person that's not your spouse in public, but mm-hmm. having a glass of wine is fine. So we all have yeah. things that we deal with to get by. So in your book, The Good Fight, Janet, mm-hmm. that you guys have a, you speak about a faith component. Tell, mm-hmm. tell our listeners a little bit about that. So for me, I had a really hard time with that chapter just because I've, um, you know, with my issues that I had with my father, praying to a father just seemed to, just seemed wrong to me. I didn't, I didn't connect with it. Um, and honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I was very um, jealous of the connection that Mike had with God. And, you know, he got rebaptized and he just seemed, you know, so f- light. And I remember sitting with our pastor, I'm like, I'm, I'm jealous and I'm I like that he gets to feel so free and light while I'm sitting over here still like in my pain and sh- you know just like all the crap and and I don't know how to I don't know I don't know how and I'm afraid he the you know the man upstairs is going to is going to leave me and tell me that I'm not good enough and you know and and not answer and not be there and and I'm going to end up being alone and so that was that was just really hard for me This is it your moment This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is All's Fair with Laura Wasser on iHeartRadio. Our podcast is about relationships and it's brought to you by It's Over Easy, our online divorce service. 
And when it comes to divorce, generally there are no lightning bolts or magical signs that tell you when it's time to get divorced. Statistically speaking, half of all marriages won't end in divorce, but when the bad starts outweighing the good on a consistent basis, you may feel that taking the next step is appropriate. It's a very personal decision and most likely should be arrived upon with the help of some kind of counseling or support. Today, we're discussing the reasons to stay or go with the effervescent, brilliant, and multi-talented country singer and actress, Jana Kramer. Jana, at the top of the show, one of the intentions we set is to answer the question, does time heal all wounds? When it comes to matters of the heart, tell us in your experience, do you believe that time heals? I really truly feel that time does heal. And the only reason I say that is because if I was to put myself back where I was four and a half years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. That's not possible. I'll never not feel this pain. I'll never not feel how heavy this is and how terrible we are. And I never thought that I wouldn't go every single second of the day and not feel depressed or heavy or hate my husband or just like feel the pain or think about everything that went on. But I can say now that since so much time has passed, it doesn't feel as heavy. It doesn't, the weight isn't there as much. I mean, sure, there's moments where I get triggered, but I believe that with time and therapy and um, two people working on themselves, two people working together in the relationship, the scars can heal. There's always going to be the wound, but the scars can heal. And right. I think that's where I think in time it can get better. I mean, anything in time, just when you lose a loved one, when you lose, like in time, it still hurts. But, you know, in 10 years from now, yes, it's going to hurt when you think of it, but it's not going to feel as heavy, in my opinion. I agree. Let's go a little bit further back. There's something in between losing a loved one to death or something, like a family member, and what you and Mike went through in terms of repairing the relationships. And and listeners, for those of you who don't know, Jana's actually been married three times? Well, I mean, would you really technically call them marriages? I don't know. Like, one was a drive-through. I was 19, knew him for two weeks. Like, ah, wouldn't really call that a marriage. The second one... Yes, I dated the guy for, you know, three years. We got married. It only lasted a week, but it was one of those. That was Jonathan. (laughs) You know, I represented Jonathan when he got divorced from Christina. Well, you know, what's really funny is that when I was going to divorce my now husband, I tried to get you, but I couldn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. know. What happened? Was somebody in my office mean to you? (laughs) No, they like pawned me off on someone else. And I'm like, look, I need the best if I'm going to do this, you know? Well, I'm glad that I was able to contribute to you guys staying together. That's the way I see it. You (laughs) can't have me. You just have to stay in the marriage. That's what we like to say. But technically, like I, I say like this is my first marriage because this is the only marriage that I've truly worked to keep together. Like this is like, I can't count when I was 19 and stupid or when, you know, I married Jonathan, who I adore to this day. Like, I, we're still really good friends. He helps me with my auditions. Like, I love his wife. His wife is my best friend. But, like, we always joke and say we had a great party. We weren't right. married. We didn't have a... But know, at the time, it probably it. hurt, didn't it? I mean, that breakup. I mean, we, we people that listen to this show are often younger, and they may not have been married before. They're listening mm-hmm. because they want to listen and hear about relationships. And I do want to give them the benefit and the wisdom of our experience in that... I mean, breakups hurt. They hurt. When you, when oh, you lose sure. a family member, it hurts. When you have a fight with a sibling or a, uh, you know, something, falling out with a business partner, it hurts. And so experiencing that pain, mm-hmm. and, and you know, they say the only way 
The only way out is through. Feeling it, letting the waves of that sadness wash over you. Again, I'm always going to miss my mom who died last year. Sure, exactly. I'm always going to miss her. And during difficult times when I can't pick up the phone and call her, it's even more difficult. Um, That being said, if time heals, and if it really does just take time, like so many people have said to me, I just want to go to bed and wake up in a year and it won't hurt as bad anymore. But you have to live the year. You, you have to, yeah, you have to live it. You have to go through it, but it sucks and it's so hard. But like, I will say, I think time heals all wounds, but it still hurts. Like you're still going to hurt. It's just not going to be as heavy as it once was. And that's the thing. Like, you know, any breakup, like it, you just feel like the world is over. I mean, yeah, I remember breaking up with Jonathan and being in the closet, just bawling my eyes out, like not wanting to feel that pain. But, you know, now it's like, again, look at how time evolves and how you grow and how you're like, wow, I'm glad that I went through that because I'm a better person now today. Yeah. And if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, right? Oh, when th- that's like my biggest motto ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and this too shall pass. So in your yeah. book, In the Good Fight, you open up about why you think it's important to be really truthful about the exciting and the more, I'll just say it, crappy parts of parenting, including some of the recent responses you've had to mommy shamers on social media. I just saw your baby boy. He's adorable. But we know as moms, it's not always like rainbows and and unicorns. There are moments. So you've been really upfront and honest in this interview. So let's talk a little bit about the mom shaming stuff that's gone on before we get to the interrogatories. I mean, it's kind of sad when you even say like mom shaming, because I feel like we're just all trying to do the best we can. And, you know, in the very beginning when I had Jolie, I didn't breastfeed. And honestly, I didn't want to breastfeed. Um, and, you know, I, I felt like I had to because of what society told me. And so I, I, you know, was basically starving my child because I didn't have any milk to give her. And I didn't know this. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I ended up, you know, my milk never came in with my daughter and, um, with my son, like my milk did come in and I'm like, okay, I have to breastfeed. My, my husband's like, no, you don't. And I'm like, no, I do. Because like all the hate that I got for not breastfeeding Jolie. And he's like, and we you know we're trying to do it and he's not latching and I'm just like bawling and just like, you know, I have my friends trying to like press on my boobs and like, you know, <laughs> then they got the pump and I'm just like, I don't want to do this. And it's like, then he's like, don't. Jolie was fine. And I'm like, I'm afraid of all the hate. And then I'm just like, you know what? After a while, I'm like, I know that I am doing the very best job that I can as a mom. And yeah, I might not make their food from scratch. Like I might get them bottled, you know, food from Publix or wherever, Trader Joe's. But like, I'm just doing the best that I can. I know my mom did the best that she could with me. And so I try to not let the mommy shamers in. It's frustrating at times because I feel like women should you know, empower other women. And, and if anything, give advice, you know, if asked, um, if, but it's asked. Just, if asked, if asked, yeah, by the way, <laughs> yeah. If, if asked, like I would, I am always like, Hey moms, what do you think? But if I don't ask you, I don't care. And I, it's not that I, you know, I, I would always love more knowledge. Like that's great about the momhood stuff, but I don't want any other mom. And I just honestly think the moms that do mom shame are just unhappy with their situation right. that they're in. And right. I have to just be like, well, I'm really sorry you feel that way, but I think we're doing pretty good, you know? Good. So, good for you. Totally yeah. true. I mean, even like the other day, I was like jumping on the trampoline with Jace and they're like, you should have a cover on there. And I'm like, there is. You just can't tell because of the way that my phone, it's like, why is your first thing to like attack somebody? It doesn't make sense. Because it is. They're not loving whatever's going on with them. Yeah. And, and so that's too a, bad for them. They should call Laura. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I swear everyone in at this part of the show. So, Jana, do you swear uh-huh. to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, which relationship in your life has had the most profound impact? That's a really, uh, negatively or positively? Either one, either one. So, I mean, negatively, well, I'll say this. Well, shoot. First, I was going to say my dad, because negatively, I mean, I grew up with just a bunch of like daddy issues in which I think right. shaped, but I feel like then the positive has been with Mike because he's kind of taught me how to forgive. Right. And now my dad and I have an amazing relationship because of it. So that can be like a hybrid. It can be yeah. your dad and like had the metamorphosis or evolution of the relationship with Thank your you dad. Thank you for allowing that one, Laura. I appreciate of course, it. Of course. I, I, I will allow that. <laughs> all right. We love your country hits, Why You Wanna, and I Got the Boy. But of all the love songs you've sung or heard, what's your favorite? Of all time. Um, that's, oh, it's really hard. But I, what I love right now, to say right now, is um, More Hearts Than Mine. It's by Ingrid Andress. I think it's okay. really well written. Um, it's basically about getting into a relationship with someone and she takes him home to the hometown. And it's like, look, I just want you to know, like, my mom falls a little faster than I do. <laughs> and my dad's going to, you know, check her tires, but he's going to pretend he doesn't like you. And it's like, if we break up, like, I'll be fine, but she'll be breaking more hearts than mine. And right. so I'm like, I just love that, like, kind of concept. That's a big responsibility. I like that, too. It is. What's the one piece of advice you'd share with your, I'm going to give you two options, either your 20-year-old self, which is usually what I tell people, or somebody following in your footsteps who's 20. What's the piece of advice you'd give her or him? I would, I mean. <laughs> don't get married at 19. <laughs> yeah, don't do all those things. Um, no, I would, I would honestly say don't settle because you feel like you have to do what your friends are doing back home. So if right. you moved or if you're in a hometown, like don't feel like you have to get married because you're 26 or, and you, need, you thought you'd have kids by now. Like I think you change so much from your early 20s to even, you know, 30. It's just mm-hmm. allow yourself to grow and do that. Personally, I wish I would have done that more independently and not allowed a man to fill that for me of who I am and who, like who I'm supposed to be. I like that. Okay. Finally, which romantic comedy could you watch on repeat? Oh, Notting Hill. I'm obsessed with it. I'm just, I'm a, just girl a girl standing, standing in, front, in of front of a guy. Oh, I love it. I Asking do love you it. To love me. Like, I'm just like, oh, how many times? Just love me. I love that movie too. That's a good one. So this so interview good. is nearly over. It has rocked. Thank you so much for joining us today. Jana's new book, The Good Fight, co-authored with her husband, Michael Cawson, is out now. And you can see her latest film, Welcome Home Christmas, on Lifetime during the holiday season. Her bittersweet songs are available on Spotify and iTunes. And her podcast, Wind Down, is available right here on iHeart and on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Jana, tell everyone where they can find you beyond what I've said here. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm, my name is Kramer Girl on there. So With a K. I, with a K. <laughs> okay. So that was awesome. I, I really like her. She's super cute. I think that what she has lived through in the past couple of years, I mean, clearly she's, she's been there. She speaks about it really articulately in a way that I think people can understand and relate to. Totally owns her part of what's gone on in her relationship with Mike and really is, in my opinion, 
really realistic and, um, you know, generous with sharing her experiences or other marital experiences or relationship experiences. I liked her. I liked her a lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I love, you know, a Sagittarius, so... December 2nd. (laughs) Thank you for listening today, everyone. Let us know what you think about today's show and rate us at Apple Podcast. We'll be back next week. So let's chat then. Ciao for now, everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.